Hey everybody and welcome to episode 166 of the Revivor Hill podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself Podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So everybody, welcome to episode 166 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Had some great feedback on the last few episodes with Adam and Tom Barnett and Nick Patterson. And, you know, there's fascinating conversations there that I'm really looking forward to getting them back on the show. And today's episode is no different with Dawn Lester and David Parker from, well, the authors of the book, What Really Makes Us Ill?, why everything you knew about disease or thought you knew about disease is wrong. And we're going to get into that and we're going to cover some fascinating topics. We're going to go into why they wrote the book, um, David's experience personally with cancer, family members with cancer, why he wrote the book. We're going to AIDS, um, tuberculosis, going to Spanish flu, chlorine, um, the Great Plague, uh, EMFs, and why it's so relevant in today's world with COVID-19, uh, aka the pandemic or, you know, the pandemic and what's going on. Um, and why their research is so powerful is because they're not bound by a medical degree so they can ask questions that other people can't. Before we get into that though guys, as always the episode is sponsored by www.reviveyourself.co and the shop we have there, if you go onto our website you'll see it at the top right hand side, you click on it and we've got some fantastic um, products that, you know, anything that I, I recommend to you guys is stuff that I use um, Never, never been about promoting things I don't use. And whenever we've had people like try and get me to advertise things on the, on the show that are just horrific uh, for your health, I would never do it. And so it really does, um, the things that we sell in the shop are really are, it's important to me. It's just for the reason I even put it together. You know, it, I mean, if you can buy stuff from, from us, it's, it's, it's really good because it helps me float the show, helps me float the, the podcast. But the reason I really put this stuff together is so you have a place to go and you know, have, have, have good quality products because there's so much on the market that is, that is just toxic, synthetic and terrible. So today's show, I'm going to go, um, firstly into the evolution of organics. I'm going to talk about living fuel as always. You know, I like to bring it up because it's the best all round product on the market bar none. Now, whether you go for the Living Fuel Super Greens or the or Super Berry uh, Original, two scoops of it is worth $260 of organic produce and it's full of vitamins, minerals, proteins, essential fats, enzymes, coenzymes, herbs, botanical extracts and soluble plant fibers. And it's just, um, it's just, it's different class. It used to be in cancerables before Big Pharma got involved and took it out. You know why? Um, and it just provides a nutritional foundation of superfood for anyone who wants to obtain optimal health um, from just a normal person to the world-class athlete, uh, people that are extremely health-conscious. So it's just an all-round powerhouse. Um, then if we've got, we've got Dr. McCullough's greens, if you want greens, or the greens from organic. In fact, organics, organic greens, naturally sweetened, are probably the best tasting in greens drink uh, ever tasted on the market. Actually, it's a pineapple flavor, and that's got over... 
let me just check here. Um, it is a, a top top end product it's made by Ty Bollinger of uh, the the documentary the truth about cancer dot com. But yes, packed with seventy one fruits, vegetables, mushrooms, herbs, and spices. It, it's just fantastic. Um, and you know, it's it, you get yeah. It says you get you get um, it's more powerful than any juice. Um, and it's got the most advanced processing techniques, you know, uh, so you can actually get all the nutrients from, you know, so more nutrient deaths than juicing and other green drinks. It's USA certified organic, new improved flavor, 71 of the healthiest veg- veggies, fruits, herbs, spices, mushrooms, and seeds, all juice prior to freezing, which keeps the nutrients intact, um, plus 17 different essential enzymes and powerful probiotics, organic and fermented botanical blend, uh, which maximizes your intake of nutrients. And these things will be fantastic through the, the winter months of getting good nutrients in. Then we've got things like liver support or, or milk thistle from Nature's Answer. Always important to keep your liver nice and healthy during these, uh, all, all year round, but especially during the winter months, especially when people are around Christmas time or getting into the season, they like to up their alcoholic, I mean, alcoholic beverages get drunk more often and people, you know, consume more sugar. So keeping your liver nice and healthy to be able to process and filter out, well, actually process and turn these toxins into waste they can get rid of. You know, most people's liver is operating at 40%, so it's important to do that. Um, so it's important we've, we can really help it process um, any any toxins. Um, then we've got all our clean soaps from Dr. Bronner's as well as toothpastes. Uh, really important, so you're not putting any any extra toxins on your skin um, or in your mouth then always love lion's mane from four sigmatic um, which you can add to your teas um, so for four sigmatic's lion's mane uh, mushroom elixir um, is i mean it's it's fantastic for cognitive function um, it's it's great for um, boosting your immune system it's just got everything Everything you need. It's a nootropic, so it's been improved, been shown to improve memory, boost creativity. It helps bolster concentration, um, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> what what it also does. I mean, these this it allows it allows the um, it allows well these these two families of of cyclic derivatives are small enough to pass through the blood brain barrier, so they can also increase my uh, myelination, which ensures a clear transmission of information across synapses. But basically, yeah, it improves your ability to retain, uh, well, yeah, to retain information and actually bring it out when when needed. Um, so big fan of mushrooms. Um, we've got there and I'm also always going to go into if you're going to ancient purity we've got there liposomal vitamin C which is fantastic at this this time of the year just having it in your cupboard just in case you ever need need it to high quality and we've got the vitamin D3 with, with K2 and also there ancient purity's um, own brand of uh, brand of vitamin D3 which starts off with uh, 10,000 10, IUs per per capsule and vitamin C vitamin D3 are fantastic this time of year for keeping the uh, immune system high and so if once again go back to uh, evolution organics got a bit of a skip here um got echinea as well from um from nature's answer as a tincture which you can get that's always fantastic for keeping the immune system nice and healthy um and it has anti-inflammatory effects antioxidant effects antiviral properties and it's immune strengthening agent so that's it for the the beginning of the show into the Revive Yourself shop so 
Now we're going to dive into the actual episode with Dawn Lester and David Parker and we have a deep conversation and in fact I really want to get them back on the show to talk more length about antibodies but here we are with the first conversation we have and I know you're going to love it. So without further ado, here's Dawn and Dave and I'll see you on the other side. Um, so it's nice because I can see who I'm talking to which is nice um, so we can get like a conversation but um, how's your... Uh, How's your week going, guys? Been busy? I bet you have been. Yes, I mean, yes. Well, well, yesterday we actually took a day off, so uh, yeah. we went to the coast. But uh, <laughs> nice. uh, but yeah, we've been very busy because, uh, which is good. Um, lots of people all around the world have been very interested in what we're doing, and the book, I'm pleased to say, has been doing very well. So um, yeah, so it's all been going good. Awesome. Uh, can you hear us okay? Do I need to adjust the mic or anything like that? No. All good, all good, absolutely perfect. Okay. As long as you can hear, everyone can hear me good, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to, obviously, I gave you a few um, parts of the book I wanted to discuss, um, which was, I mean, going to, well, the, the main issues that you've you uncovered were things that us in the holistic health world have been talking about for quite a while right and 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 this whole, whole idea of viruses i mean having been into into my background was i got ill myself and so had to scratch my own itch to find out how to be healthy and going into that went down the, the same sort of path as that you did and then but having gone down that path it was still we still talked about things like bacteria uh, pathogens funguses and viruses were sort of in that same sort of realm the last six months have taking a deeper dive into this and yeah sort of um uncovered what what you you guys found in your book which we'll go into more more of a fact of like none of these viruses have actually ever been isolated which is interesting because of your backgrounds where you're not doctors you've been able to go into this and ask questions that doctors can't which i want to go into um and what you found was actually what you found was a viral viral sort of response uh, the, the body's response to been under that toxic stress so you know it was just first of all i wanted to get you on because i think it was it was a really fascinating book and what you discovered so just a little brief introduction into yourself dawn and david like why just for people out there that that are new to new to you and haven't read the book what really makes us ill um why did you get into this what 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 was what was the you know why did you put it this thread okay well we uh, we got into it sort of by accident, really, because uh, Don and I have known one another for about 20 years. And so we've been working together on various projects in the past. And uh, we have written a, a couple of little books before we wrote this yeah. uh, huge book, which, is, as people know, is probably nearly 800 pages. So it's quite a tome, really. But um, we were writing a book at the time about the nature of reality, which is something totally different altogether. Uh, but we're writing under a pen name of NOR, which is, stands for the nature of reality. Nature so of those, reality, yeah. those books don't appear. They're, I mean, they're still on Amazon, but uh, they don't appear under our actual names. Uh, so at the time, we were writing this book about the nature of reality, um, what life's about, <clears throat> uh, you know, what happens to us when we die, all of the, the big questions that people ask at some stage in their life. So there was one section in that we came across where we needed to some information about viruses and we realized we didn't know a great deal about viruses you know only what uh, 
we'd been brought up to believe at school, you know, that there are these tiny germ things that attack people and cause all sorts of illnesses, some of them fatal, um, and that uh, vaccinations were designed to protect you against them. So all the standard stuff, that's what we, we were led to believe. So anyway, um, we were starting to look at it and pick up some information about viruses. And uh, one of the diseases that we came across at the time uh, was HIV AIDS. And the whole controversy, uh, as we found out, um, there, there, there was a huge controversy. We, we'd always taken it at face value that there was this new disease that had uh, somehow started in the San Francisco area in the States. And uh, the doomsday prophecies were, you know, that millions of people were going to die worldwide. And it didn't matter whether you were homosexual or heterosexual. It was going to get everybody. And um, similar to the stories they're telling today. Absolutely. And we often draw these parallels. And there are many parallels because the same sort of computer programs that were predicting millions were going to die. Well, tens of millions were going to die from AIDS, which never came true, of course. Um, and they're using the same computer programs to predict that uh, millions are going to die from COVID. Uh, which so we can, I think it's uh, Neil Ferguson who uh, put this computer program together and it started to come in for a lot of criticism, certainly in the uh, alternative media who looked into it and realised that the computer program that he wrote is hopelessly wrong. It's never, ever made accurate predictions. And yet the governments, certainly in the UK, are still using it to predict what's going to happen with uh, death rates and the increase uh, of uh, infections from uh, coronavirus. So a big problem. And we found exactly that. Obviously, coronavirus wasn't on the horizon when we were looking at the AIDS HIV. But as we looked into AIDS and HIV, we realised that, um, cutting a long story short, we do explain it in detail in our book, that there was no actual scientific evidence to show that a virus was the cause of AIDS, which is was very surprising to us. And uh, we, we sort of uh, is what really kicked us off because we as we looked deeply into it and we uh, saw the writings at the time, uh, uh, Carrie Mullis was around, who uh, is the inventor of the PCR test, which everyone's heard about. Unfortunately, Carrie Mullis Mullis died last year about the, mm. yes, yes, mm. I know. Many people raised their eyebrows about that. He was only 73 and was supposed to have suddenly died of pneumonia, which, you know, people might very well raise a question mark over that. Very convenient to have died, I think it was in August last year, yeah, was. just before they launched all this. As you can imagine, what had happened if he was still around to be able to say, as he'd always said, the PCR test is not designed to detect virus infections. No. Or diagnose disease. Or, di or diagnose disease. I mean, after all, Nobel Prize for it. They don't want to listen. Well, people, they, I mean, big pharma got so much money, they can just change the, I mean, and, and, and mainstream media, they can just change the conversation to whoever they want. They can block things out. They can, as you see now, they can um, just uh, get the platform people, stop the conversation. So they can just put things, and when people understand how much money these, his companies have got to, to control his narrative. You know, it's it's no surprise. You know, you get fact checked, quote unquote, uh, yes. on on media sites. So so yeah. So carry. I was going to ask you quickly. Were you did you? Um, so this was I first come across this with AIDS. Um, dead, the dead the book the deadly deception by Dr. Wilmer. Yeah. 
um, Robert Wilmer. Have you read that before? No, not that, not that one. No. Uh, we've got quite a few, and we were in contact with a few different people, in, including Joan Shenton, who was, um, you know, sort of promoting. A, um, I can't remember now her the name of her book. Sorry, it's um, embarrassing. But any, and you know, we were in contact because we were involved with various people who were trying to expose the um, problems with the whole HIV AIDS. Yeah. And, you know, um, in contact with various people around, uh, including, you know, David Crow, who sadly died um, a couple of months ago, um, you know, all trying to get out this information that HIV um, has never been isolated or proven to be the cause of any disease and to show that most of the diseases had other um, causes. Which I I really want to get into, just for people out there, Dr. Robert Wilner um, used to take blood out of uh, an AIDS patient on stage and inject it into himself and say that I can't catch AIDS. And someone else did this as well, I know. Uh, I can't remember who it was. But uh, uh, but he said the tests exactly the same. He said test for antibodies. They don't test for HIV. So you could go there with a cold and you come back with HIV positive. And then the drugs like Anzex would be the ones that kill you. And then you could finally get better. They give you a blood transfusion because someone would. And then these drugs would just continually just, just destroy you. Yeah, that's quite right. I mean, none of the tests uh, that they did then or now actually test for a virus. OK, and we can yeah. get into that into some depth. You know, as you said, quite rightly say, they uh, test for antibodies and antibodies is a complete myth, which we we can explain if we get into that later as to quite what they are. Again, the medical uh, associations have a complete misunderstanding of how the human body works and uh so do virologists. I mean, I know that may sound a very bold statement to to make, but we can make it because we spent 10 years researching it and uh, not only our own research, but talking to doctors and reading the literature of doctors and scientists over the last 150 years uh, all confirm what we're saying. I mean, we're not the only ones to have realised that the germ theory is a complete fallacy. Uh, is still called the germ theory, i.e. something that's never been proven, and it never has. And yet the medical establishment and the pharmaceutical companies in particular um, still promote it uh, because they make billions a year out of it. Exactly. You know, they make billions. And of course, it's a, it's a trap for people, you know, the whole human race. So it's not only a very good uh, business model for the pharmaceutical companies because they don't cure anything. They can't claim to cure anything at all. They just give you things that uh, may ameliorate the symptoms, you know, like taking paracetamol for a headache. Okay, it may numb the pain, but it doesn't get to the root cause of well, what caused the headache in the first place. No. Um, and it's the same with anything that pharmaceutical companies produce. Um, so they don't cure anything. Um, And so consequently, whatever is ailing you can very well reappear unless you get to that root cause. Well, of course, then they can give you some more drugs. So it's a great marketing model. Uh, Don't cure anything and just keep selling people drugs, you know, so that's how they make billions worldwide. So that's one aspect of it. But the other is, uh, which we may get into a bit later, is the sort of from the global political side of things, which is to sort of uh, we to gain control of people really and the best way to get control of people is to keep them in thrall to you uh, to keep them weakened and uh, really that's what's happening and also of course to be able to perpetrate 
things like originally the HIV AIDS scare, which was nothing to do with a germ. And of course, what we're going through in present day with the uh, coronavirus, uh, COVID uh, situation, where they've been able to lock down the world um, all on the basis of a virus, which has never been proved to exist. And we've challenged any doctor or any scientist to come up with that information and nowhere uh, do those uh, peer-reviewed papers exist to show that the virus has been properly uh, purified, that it's been fully uh, categorized, and most importantly, um, part of Cox postulates, which I'm probably your listeners have heard about, you know, which require these things to be done. The final part of it is that when they, when and if they'd got that purified particle, which they're calling the uh, coronavirus, um, then they, to, to comply with Cox postulates, they would have to introduce it into a healthy person, and that healthy person would have to develop the disease. Mm. Okay. Now they've never done any of those things. And there are uh, rather surprising and rather annoying and rather upsetting. There are a number of papers now circulating on the Internet which purport to uh, be scientific papers that have done all those things. Now, we and others um, have examined those papers. uh, And uh, you may have heard of Dr. Andy Kaufman. He's Mm -hmm. very on the internet he is an an md as well as a psychiatrist he's a friend of ours and um he examined the papers the one that's been published in the lancet uh, sorry not in the lancet in uh, nature the nature uh, journal which is supposedly the most prestigious journal in the world um and there's a peer-reviewed paper in nature that purports to have uh purified the virus um fully categorized it and proved that it is the cause of uh, COVID. Now, he says all those things in the abstract, which is sort of roughly a paragraph right at the beginning of the paper. So you think, oh, okay, done and dusted case. But when you delve into the paper and look at the uh, full methodology, you realise they haven't done any of those things at all. Just so often the case with these uh, scientific papers, you read the abstract and the the conclusion, if you actually read the whole study, you think, that hasn't actually, they haven't done what they've said they've done. Or yeah. Things get missed out. I mean, this is, so I just want to say, Dawn was about to say something there. I don't know what you, was, you were going to say there, Dawn, just before I'll get to you. You said, um, this was the same with Dr. Stefan Lanker, right, who did this with the measles. He went all the way to the Supreme Court and they couldn't prove it with, with isolating the measles virus. Um, and it's the same with you. Well, I, I do want to get into antibodies as well, because it's, it's funny, because people talk about vaccine development, obviously, which they make billions from, and people don't understand. They think if vaccines are developed, having proved that they stop disease they don't all that all they have to do is prove an antibody response or a response and so this is why biologists around the world were running around trying to put the most toxic things in vaccines they went to aluminium and then to mercury which is basically for human one level below being radioactive um and this is why toxicologists and radio uh, and biologists don't really get on because they're like what happens to that once it leaves once it's caused that response and you know as, as we know it causes big issues to the body so just for people out there just wanted to put that out because this isn't like the first time this has happened but it's amazing that then when you've got that much money or how you can control the narrative of the mainstream media how you can make people who are literally just boring holes through your argument like just just mashing it to pieces you can actually make them seem like they're they're nuts or mad or whatever it is even though the science is right there 
Yeah, th- this is a big problem. Uh, the science, and it's not just from what we've uh, put in our book over the last 10 years of research, uh, where we lay it all out in detail so that people can see there is no science behind what the medical establishment is saying. Um, but there's there's lots of doctors, as, as we mentioned, uh, Dr. Andy Kaufman and there's Dr. Tom Cowan. There's there's lots of doctors that or, but of course, you don't they don't get a voice in the media, in the mainstream media the mainstream. for obvious for obvious reasons. Mm. You know, this this whole nonsense with the uh, coronavirus thing and the shutting down the world could be shut down overnight if the mainstream media would mm. allow the doctors and scientists or, or even us, you know, to be able to have a voice and speak in the mainstream to show people that there is no science behind what's being done. Mm. But of course, that's why they don't do it, because they wouldn't be able to continue with this farce if people like us and other doctors were able to show that there is no science behind it. Well, the, th- the thing of it is, I mean, if you, you start putting that thread and you go down the rabbit hole and, and understanding why they're doing these things and, and why it's, it's becoming for a long time and it goes into also like the, the demasculation of men and and like toxic things they're putting on the food and in the products in the shampoos and all of a sudden you've got this and and do like destroying the family unit and it just goes into like how how easy manipulated people are taking their attention off of things that are really important into this sort of nonsense world where you know they're looking at love island for example rather than actually understanding what's going on and understanding all the laws that are being or statutes that are being passed at, at the time um one of the guys uh his name is actually taking the mps uh, and the prime minister to court uh, in the common law uh, court i don't know if you've seen yeah. this story which is fantastic uh, it needs to be happened yeah uh, just because just because i want people to understand this because people are listening to this i want to just just get to the to that just want to finish from the age thing. i just want to hear your both of you guys um about the age because people will say Okay, well, how did they? How did people get AIDS then? You know, because I I know, but for people out there that don't know, people would say, well, how did people get AIDS then? Um, and why is why is it so rampant in Africa, um, compared to over here, um, okay. where yeah, because I I always say to people, you know, if you if you believe that these these vaccines are are really good, yeah, go and get all vaxxed up, go and get every vaccine. In fact, get two of each, and then go, <laughs> then go and live in Africa and start living like they live. You know, drinking the water they drink, in the food they dress, and see how well those vaccines do for you. But just, 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 uh, just, just going to go into it, just so people out there, because they will, they will ask, well, sure. how, what, what, yeah. what was it that caused this? Okay, well, uh, to give sort of a potted version of it, really. Um, the way that sort of this uh, whole HIV/AIDS thing started, as as we know, uh, was in the 80s, supposedly, in the San Francisco area in the United States. Okay, where apparently what they thought, the doctors thought, was a new disease that had appeared. I mean, but what it was is some symptoms they hadn't come across. But long story short, when it was examined uh, by other doctors that knew what they were talking about, um, it was seen that this relatively small group of homosexual men, and let me just say that the illnesses they had were nothing to do with them being homosexual. There's very... Uh, clear-cut reasons as to why they were getting ill, which I'll explain. Um, what was happening within that uh, within that sort of group? They were using uh, what were called poppers, which mm-hmm. is basically amyl nitrate, and these are they're called poppers because of the sound that the little files make when they popped open and inhale the the gas from them, which is a relaxant and getting high. So there was a 
a lot of use of poppers, which have, is extremely toxic. Amyl nitrate is very toxic to the body. And when people are using these every night, uh, the body starts to obviously deteriorate. So then what was happening, those same people were going to the doctors because they were ill. And the doctors, not understanding what was going off, were then prescribing high-dose antibiotics. Okay, so then you were getting a combination, and antibiotics are very toxic to the body, contrary to what many people think. I mean, the word antibiotics means against life. Negative, <laughs> so negative life, yeah. The clues in the, in the words, and we explain how antibiotics work in our book, you know, how it attacks the uh, uh, endocrine system. But we, we can talk about that if we if we have time. But anyway, in uh, San Francisco area, so there was a combination of uh, high, high drug use and uh, high antibiotics use, which was obviously very quickly deteriorating these people. So when they were going to the doctors, they were then, because the doctors didn't know quite what they were dealing with, um, they were actually prescribed uh, AZT, a drug called AZT, yeah. uh, which... In actual fact, is a chemotherapy was used for chemotherapy. So, but uh, this is the sort of thing that uh, the medical establishment resorts to. You know, well, we'll try anything. Uh, um, but in the doses that they were giving to people, uh, it literally killed every single person. Uh, and we've had this confirmed by some doctors, uh, some German doctors actually. Um, so all the people that were given, and some of the more famous people like Freddie Mercury and Rudolf Nureyev and uh, Arthur Ashe, all the people that were given this high dose AZT, they, it killed them all, uh, and it was that's what was responsible for those deaths. And they claimed that, that was, for, and they claimed that was for AIDS that killed them, right? Of course, of course, yeah. yeah. They're not going to blame themselves, but yes, yeah. So what they realised, what they realised, that's what was happening. So what they did started to do then, and and I think they still use AZT even now, but at a much lower mm-hmm. dose. So mm-hmm. basically, you're still poisoning people, but it just takes longer to. <laughs> to do the damage and possibly kill them. So, uh, so it looks like their treatment's got better. Yeah. Oh, it looks like it. Yeah. yeah Some yeah. people survive longer. It's it's the same with all these sort of drug treatments that uh, you know they adjust the dose and people seem to be living longer, but that's only because it's taking longer, or, yeah. or their bodies are you know able to sort of cope with the drugs. But eventually, it'll take its toll if they're used for long term. Because I mean, chemotherapy was supposed to is always supposed to be just for sort of short term. Um, I'll say burst, not really, but but sort of short term use, and then the body's supposed to be given a, a period of time um, to sort of recover a little bit before the next dose of chemotherapy, which is known to be toxic. I mean, you know, oh, the medical establishment know they know it's toxic, but the idea is to kill the cancer before uh, w- without killing the patient, and only with AZT it wasn't chemotherapy, but as David said, you know, it was used. Um, all the time there, there were no breaks for the body to recover so that's why it really um, hit the patients really hard mm. so that's why it, uh, it it was a big problem for them all that um as i say just, just that that was like how they how they do that sort of thing how they make things look like things are working it's like how they were like oh people are now um living longer after after chemotherapy treatment so the cat so for example as you said there 80 percent of oncologists asked wouldn't take chemotherapy because they know what it's like but like when they said oh people are living longer after treatments from cancer now it's like well no you just changed the, the, the it was five years that people had to live now it's four years so you that's that's gone up because you've just changed the goalposts that's what they do 
Oh, all the time. Yes, they change the parameters so that it then looks better. The other thing is that they um, get people diagnosed earlier. And so therefore, uh, it looks like they're living longer, but they're not. They're just receiving an earlier diagnosis. So it's a longer period before whatever happens afterwards. So, yeah, I mean, it's all manipulation of statistics and ideas and just just to make them look better. And I've I've often said because of personal experiences in my lifetime with uh, uh, family and friends um, <clears throat> over the years this was before we wrote the book uh, one of the reasons that got us into it is um, <clears throat> I'd had a number of family and friends close family and friends that had been diagnosed with various cancers um, and all, all taken the recommended treatments uh, and all died uh, you know and I'm talking six six people that I knew personally family and friends um, <clears throat> which was obviously very upsetting. and uh, But the doctors were generally were still saying that uh, they were having much better success rates, you know, uh, with the treatment of cancer and uh, that they were claiming a 50% success rate. Well, you know, I said to them, well, I said, well, you've killed all of my friends and family, so you've got a 100% failure rate, not a 50% success rate. No one's, same, same as mine. You know, yeah. yeah. So... This is what made me angry as well, because I thought, well, there's something not right here. And it was one of the reasons that we started to look into things. And we in our research and we talk about cancer in our book, uh, we understand it probably much better than the medical establishment as to what can be done about it. You know, people don't have to die from it. Uh, there's, there's, you know, there's things that can be done where you don't get it in the first place. You know, it's not an inevitable thing, yeah. which, again, the medical establishment say it's one in two people one in two people will experience cancer within their lifetime one in every two i mean <laughs> something's got to be going wrong hasn't it to, to be able well, to put figures like that it, it's a it's a business that all this is i want because i want you to come back to so people don't get we, we, we can get sidetracked all day with this because i know we can but we get back to this age but 100 cancer is a business people don't like to say it. it's 200 billion dollar a year business in america alone yes. and everywhere else um you know and, and your story is very similar to i've lost people from that as well it's ty bollinger who's got the, the www.thetruthaboutcancer.com he lost seven members of his family to it and he was like this can't be right similar to yourselves and went and did the research and was like mm, cancer is not a death sentence it's the body crying out for help and the the things that you discovered here or all the reasons just sim it's very similar it takes 10 to 15 years to develop cancer for mo- most people in the research but just to get back to it david um david because of the aids you said AZ, uh, azt drug yes drug, uh, and you were saying they was take they were taking these etc. But when it so that was what was killing them. But when it got to Africa, okay, because because AIDS cases in Africa are high, uh, and obviously the who. Well, yeah, we, need to, we, need to, we need to talk about that actually. That's that's what the mainstream put in. Yeah, that's that's what they say. AIDS, yeah. AIDS cases in Africa are high, but but they're not in actual fact. It's the way that they have again manipulated the uh, statistics because what was tending to happen is that the again using the faulty testing tended to be done at uh, the antenatal clinics in africa okay now it's well known that pregnant women will give a positive result for an hiv test okay because they're only testing for these proteins basically that are in the blood and those proteins can be in your blood for all sorts of reasons one of which is if you're a woman and you're pregnant you'll have those same proteins in your blood so 
you're getting false, a lot of false uh, positives from Africa because they were testing pregnant women who would obviously have that protein in the blood and going, oh, well, you're HIV positive. That works for the PC uh, test now as well, correct? Yes. Yeah. They, they, again, none of these tests actually test for the for a virus. Yeah. They, they're testing for basically what they call markers, and they're just proteins. Um, and that was another anomaly with the uh, HIV uh, diagnosis, is all of the so-called diseases, and we can talk about those, normally if you've got antibodies, or not, I'll use the medical terms, if you've got a certain amount of antibodies, in your blood, that means you have immunity. Okay. But for some reason, they decided with the HIV test that if you've got the antibodies, it means you've got the disease. Mm. So a complete reversal of their own logic, mm. which is warped anyway. Um, so complete nonsense, really. Um, but we can talk a, a bit more about uh, antibodies, but just a thing. So you can start to see where. Um, the high level of figures were coming out of Africa, which were nothing to do with people having HIV. So that's one factor. The other factor was because um, the World Bank and uh, the uh, WHO, World Health Organization, were putting money in, making money available for the treatment of AIDS, purchase of drugs. If your little area in Africa was putting up uh, high figures for uh, HIV patients, then you got more money. Now, you can see there's sort of a financial incentive to locally in Africa inflate your figures rather than saying, I've got people who are suffering from dysentery, I've got people who are suffering from malaria or something else for which you didn't get the extra money. But if you say these are AIDS cases, then you got a, a whole load of money. So it's the same as COVID right now. Yes. So but that's why I said earlier, very similar patterns as to what's going off with the early days of HIV, AIDS and what's happening now. And the, the, there's another point, which is, uh, you know, talking about HIV and AIDS as if they're the same thing. It's, it's nothing. I mean, HIV is the name given to this alleged virus. And again, uh, it, you know, using that word advisedly because uh, no virus has ever been um isolated that you know to call uh, to be called hiv but just to um to get the impression that you know aids is actually a, a disease it's not originally um it was uh well again the aids is the um uh, uh it's it's not a, a disease it's a, a syndrome and yeah. originally there were two diseases trying to think it was capitis sarcoma and uh, pcp i think there were two uh, and neither of them were supposed to be caused by a virus anyway um so originally they were the two kind of original diseases that they they classified under that heading aids now i think it's something like 30 or whatever different um diseases that uh, i mean if for example somebody's got tb that it's called tuberculosis unless they find the um that suggests that they've got uh, HIV uh, and if it's if it's a positive HIV test then it becomes an AIDS case as opposed to a TB case so this is now completely reclassifying what may be regarded as other diseases and making them into shall we say AIDS cases now again you know because there are lots of uh, health problems in Africa a lot of diseases 
or, or conditions that would be given other disease names um, before the, the whole HIV thing came about, they would be given these different names. Now, suddenly, since the, the whole HIV AIDS thinks they're, they're now being called AIDS cases and they're not. And again, another classification is that instead of people having AIDS or being HIV positive, they're now being classified as living with HIV. So again, like you were saying before, they just keep moving the goalposts, changing everything. So by saying living with HIV means they've, well, not necessarily had a test, but it's uh, it's a statistical thing. So because of these antenatal clinic test results, they then extrapolate that out to the general population and make um, estimates about, you know, the, and again, if you look at the WHO um uh, reports they talk about estimated numbers so they're now estimating the number of people living with HIV this is not based on anything to do with either HIV or AIDS or, real um, or, or, or <laughs> even necessarily real people or, or real diseases so again but it's it is hyping up the situation because of the money because of whatever but again AIDS isn't a disease it, it, it never was a disease no, and no, it no. isn't something that you can say oh well, I've got a, it's uh, it's yeah it's, it's a big mess yes i, I mean, mean the people have different symptoms but it's not aids isn't a thing um that's the point it's not a specific disease it's you know it's a classification that suits the you know big pharma for the reasons that david said about yeah getting human immunodeficiency virus or acquired immune deficiency syndrome <clears throat> so you've got acquired syndrome. syndrome so it's like same as any, anything like that acquired immune deficiency could be from anything right if you've acquired an immune deficiency it could be because you're a toxic load or whatever else we'll, we'll get into and so but they can this is like when you start to look into it it's just a big fagazi fagazi everything they do is like it's a big circle like how do we get people to think that they can be that they can be affected by other people we put this like virus had and they come to us feeling a bit ill oh you've got this antibodies we can give you this drug and then because you've got that we can give you a vaccine and it just goes around in a circle and mm -hmm. whilst killing people off and making people more and more ill because it makes them more and more money drugs from cradle to grave vaccines full of ingredients that you wouldn't give to your worst enemy or maybe you would uh, and, and that's and that's and it's just like and when you say that it just makes complete sense but to go to people like everything you know about health is wrong you know, people are like, what? And they, they, they can't understand it. But when you've been down this, well, I've been doing this 11 years, you guys have been doing it longer, you know. When you've been in this world, you understand. And when you, like in, in my world, you know, we, we don't get ill. I mean, I, if I do, it'll be because I'm actually getting it deep. Like, I actually, you know what funny thing? I actually had like a bit of shingles come out the other day on my on my wrist. And that was just where I'd been getting toxins and, and actually had like a bit of a scarus come out, um, like some parasites died just from years ago, where my body was just getting rid of stuff. It wasn't, didn't feel bad. It came out and people get it every now and again, but I literally just haven't had a flu in ages or whatever it is. And, and this sort of stuff, but it's hard for people to understand it. But when you start putting things together and the money together, it, it all goes in the same direction. It's a similar thing you guys found with the Spanish flu, correct? Yes. Well, they, uh, I mean, if you want to talk about the Spanish flu, uh, mm. 1918, uh, so-called Spanish flu, we can we can move yeah, on to so -called, that. So-called so Spanish flu. Yes, yes. So, so if you wanted to finish off with the AIDS, go ahead. I was just like, it's just, I think okay. when you well, start pitching these things together. Yeah, well, we, we, as I say, with the AIDS thing, it's you can see how there's multiple things there 
the but the basis is that there were ever a virus that had been scientifically proved to actually be at the root cause of it um and the gallo the american uh dr gallo who was supposed to have uh, uh isolated this virus and proved it i mean when you look into it, we won't go into it now, but uh, there's plenty of literature to show that it was all a complete fraud um, and that uh, uh, there's no scientific basis yeah. for his findings whatsoever. And he's been challenged by many people, including people like Professor Duisberg, who you may have come across, who right from the early days was showing, I mean, who's a professor, he knows what he's talking about. Mm. Right from the earliest of days, he was showing that it was a load of nonsense. There was no virus that was causing this syndrome, that these symptoms, let's, I think it's best to call them symptoms. Yeah. Because as we show in our book, there are no actual separate diseases. There are just different symptoms. You know, the root cause of these diseases, we boil down to four factors, which we can talk about later. Yeah, we're getting to and none of them are anything to do with germs. You know, no. there's always much more probable reasons as to why people get ill. Because, you know, we're not denying that people get ill, of course. But what we're saying is the reason people get ill is nothing to do with germs. There are much more probable reasons which we talk, we talk about. And there are ways not to get ill. Yeah. As, you've, as you've said, you know, you can very easily live a very healthy life. I mean, Dawn and I do. We don't take any medication we don't go to the doctors or hospitals we live a healthy life and you know we've been around quite a few years now yeah so uh, um no, no so 100 percent what you said there it's like the um the film for people out there. there's a film called dallas buyers club which basically showcases this i don't know if you've, you've heard of it, Matthew McConaughey. Heard of it yeah, yeah yeah he basically was getting all supplements and eating well and stuff and when they start and then he got a massive because his supplements and the food and things that he was doing was working really well the, the the fda basically started shutting down the places that they could get the supplements from basically arrested him and it shows what goes on there in mm. terms of aids and dr wilmer uh, actually talked about gallo that was the guy i was trying to remember i was like he calls him out on, as well he says yeah you're charlatan gallo like everything you and and Dr. Wilmer actually went uh, went missing um, as well. It's one of those things. So yeah, it was interesting. If you haven't seen Dallas Buyers Club, um, just because it's like it's a, you're, it was basically just showcases, and it's uh, interesting how these people were just continuing to be healthy, living good lives, and then the FDA shut down the supplements that were coming in from different countries, shut down certain things that they were having, um, and yeah, they, they ended up being put on the drugs that they wanted and. and yeah. yeah i mean we that's what happens i mean that that's quite common to uh, a number of different stories that we've come across or it, not just you know the hiv aids you know a variety of different uh yeah. areas but you know like cancer as well they really don't like anybody who suggests that people can uh you know get through cancer or even not even have it so well it's you know. a 1939 cancer act that most people don't even know about correct mm. then so you can only cure it with chemotherapy radiation or surgery which yeah. You know, yeah. they, they're all like hugely, well, chemotherapy and radiation cause cancer. Um, yeah. And surgery, they don't you know. cure anything. No. Yeah. No, well, they, 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 they cure your, your ability to uh, um, to live, basically. You know, they, 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 yeah. <laughs> they, they yeah. 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 It's, um, so it's interesting because the, so you, when you, you, so you went into this and, and so you went down that route and then you come across the 1918 Spanish flu, um, well, Spanish flu, it's called Spanish flu, same as polio, when you look into polio, what actually caused polio. Um, but, you know, this is a conversation. And when you start looking into history, his story, who wrote it, what was going on, you start to see what, what's been going on. So 
when you dove into into that, was you surprised what you found? Well, we <laughs> it was once we once we tackled the HIV AIDS, and as I say, we spent a lot of time on that. Talked mm. to a lot of people, went to meetings with uh, sufferers, you know, to ask about their experience. So we spent a lot of time talking to doctors and sufferers and other writers. Um, so we were very sure of our facts. Did doctors say stuff to you that they said that I can't go on record saying? This oh yeah, yeah. We we often get that. Uh, we we have well, obviously I can't mention names, but uh, we we have that even now. Doctors who know what a farce this fictitious virus is, uh, but they don't want to go on the record, not publicly. I mean, they'll communicate privately, but they won't go on the record publicly. They're wanting to. And I'm hoping we're hoping that more of them will come out, you know, because if they came out in mass, more doctors, um, it would soon put an end to this nonsense. Um, So we you know we're hoping that they will so we try and encourage them as much as possible but we understand you know the risks because they lose their jobs mm-hmm. and their livelihoods you know uh which is a big thing but you know we sort of try to encourage them that if they don't do something no one's going to have any livelihood so yeah exactly uh, have no yeah no one will be around to, to yeah life will be very d- different as, as people yeah. have they've done like it all stops with me say no that's what i say to people like i i always protest i protest every day i'm sure you do like it's just when once you understand it and we're going to the one thing i mean i've heard dawn speak about before is the consciousness level of the world you know when everyone they they just this whole fear campaign they put out and when people are scared and then they make you scared of other humans that actually boost your immune system by the microbiome and oxytocin that's released hormones and humans need it other people but being they make you scared of each other and and if you listen to the mainstream media, I should put a post up the other day. Say, so if you listen to the mainstream media, you'd be a fist bumping, mask wearing, like loner who's just scared of everyone, waiting for a, ta- a vaccine from the most corrupt uh, co- companies in the world. You know, thirty-five mm-hmm. billion dollars they paid out in the last ten years, the top four vaccine companies for lying, defrauding science, uh, buying off corrupt officials, and these are the people you're going to be trusting to make you a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, yeah. So I. I off on one there but it's just it's one of those things i just say to people you know you're trying to, if you just understand and all this stuff you have to be into this you have to research because they're even trying to hide this stuff away now oh, when you when you when where did you when when you went into the 1980s spanish flu, where did you start well we 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 did it with all our research uh because unfortunately the internet has got worse and worse mm-hmm. you know you can't do any proper research on the internet now unless you know where to go yeah. but we always stuck to the literature so we you know you can see some of it behind us probably um so we always look for the literature we looked for if we could get hold of peer-reviewed papers other doctors that had written books um and all that so we stuck to the literature as much as possible and of course we did find people on the internet who you could trust that we could communicate with as well uh, so that's that was our thing. And uh, we went back in history to see how it was, as I said, 150 years ago and, and came right up to date. And it was as we were coming through, we started to look at um, some of the big events in history. And obviously the uh, 1918 flu was one of them. So we thought, right, let's have a look at this and have a look at what actually happened. Let's see what history tells us. Let's see what actual facts rather than the hysteria that gets written and spoken about it. Let's have a look at what the facts were. And um, 
again, obviously we write about it in detail in a book, but just to give a bit of an overview, we soon started to see that um, lots of discrepancies, not yeah. least of which was how many people were supposed to have died. And you yeah. can get anything Big from, difference, right? Yeah, anything from Huge. 20 million to 100 million worldwide. Well, once you start seeing, and these were official figures, once you start seeing those sort of discrepancies, you think, well, uh, this is not, not very scientific if you've got those sorts of discrepancies. Mm. And anyway, puts the, the whole thing under a great big question mark. Yeah. You know, so, anything that raises questions for us was immediately, all oh, right, but this needs to be looked into further. It's 18, so we, it's 18 million difference. Or yeah. I, on here, on my notes, I've got 10 million to 100 million. I was like, that's a 90 million difference. That's a million, it's a lot. <laughs> 90 of them. It's just nonsense, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, so we started to look at what was actually going off. And what we found, again, going a long story short, was there's quite a number of factors as to people were dying, uh, but it was from a variety of factors, none of which, again, were anything to do with the virus. And there were various experiments done at the time by the medical establishment in the States. And we did do talk about this where they'd try to see if they could pass the virus from sick people to healthy people. And they'd done some experiments where they'd got a number of sick people and a number of healthy people, and they had them do things like cough directly into the face of the healthy people. Uh, they took sort of uh, saliva and uh, mucus from the sick people and introduced it up the noses of the healthy people. And they did this dozens and dozens of times. And never once were they able to transfer the virus, so-called, from the sick people to the healthy people. At the time, they actually thought it was uh, bacterial because um, uh, they didn't actually uh, have the electron microscope where they could see, you know, these kind of minute particles that they eventually called viruses until the 30s. So, you know, it started off with the bacteria but they couldn't kind of find any bacteria or it must be something smaller than that and called it a filterable virus so you know just but, the, but, but the they, they started from the, the wrong they always start from the wrong point that it's something that's infected a person to cause these symptoms so they're always starting from the wrong point instead of saying okay these people are ill what has caused it so my point is that they even the medical establishment couldn't infect another person so uh and this was a medical establishment doing trying it themselves and they really wanted it to work they really wanted to be able to infect mm. healthy people and they couldn't so that was one of the things that again raised big question marks as to well what is this that's uh, making people ill well what are they dying from so we, what we found is that there was a, a number of factors uh one is that uh the main start of the illnesses and deaths seem to be around military establishments, particularly uh, in America. And what we found there was not only was there a high vaccination regime. Remember, we're talking about First World War here. Mm. So, you know, healthy young men. And this is quite important. These were not ailing and sick people. These were p p young men at the peak of their fitness who were soldiers. And yet they were dropping down dead. You know, yeah. sometimes, uh, you know, there was no not even an incubation period, you know, in the normal things. You know, people don't, you know, start to feel a bit ill. Uh, and after a week, maybe they feel worse. And, you know, it, it gets worse over a couple of weeks. But in these cases, people were not even going through that incubation period. They were just dropping down dead in the street, you know, 
um, which again is something very strange, not like what yeah. people think of as normal flu. Uh, the other thing, uh, when these people were examined in post-mortems, uh, there was a lot of hemorrhaging, yeah. internal hemorrhaging, uh, uh, in not only sort of in, in the head, but in various parts of the body, which, again, is not something that you expect from flu. Yeah. It's so it's like brain hemorrhages, internal hemorrhaging, abnormal yeah. flu symptoms, yeah. So, again, that should have been a clue that there was something else going on. Big clue. Big clue. Now, again... We mentioned vaccinations, but there was also they were giving people very high doses of aspirin, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, uh, people know even now, you know, can cause uh, ulcerations in the stomach. So it is something in high dose that can cause internal hemorrhaging. So that was another factor that had come into play. And then a, another factor, which was sort of more unlikely because people didn't know about it then, was the uh, advent of radar and uh, radio communications and that's uh, particularly in obviously the military bases where these extremely powerful radio transmitters were being installed Um, and of course people didn't really understand about uh, electromagnetic frequencies and the damage that that can do well if you're at a if you imagine you're at a an army base where one of these hugely powerful transmitters gets installed and you're working around it um, it's going to have very detrimental effects and again, you're getting these high rates of hemorrhaging, which again is something that gets caused by uh, electromagnetic radiation. So again, uh, a very likely contributing factor to some of these deaths, particularly in the in the army camps. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that those two factors would have worked together: vaccinations and and the uh, EMFs. And that's something that you know people often try and look. Well, if it's not this one factor, what yeah. other factor is it? And quite often it, it's a combination of factors. So you can't tell which is you know the, which one has the greater effect. I mean, there's no way of knowing. But, but they act synergistically, and so that's why it could have been really bad. Well, I was going to say, it's all, well, in your body. The, the EMF may be the thing that triggers it or might, your body might be um, less equipped to dealing with that than the vaccine or mine could be the other way around so whatever your weakness is this gets exposed right and so this is, this is like done in, in the book by Arthur Fistenberg you know the, the invisible rainbow he talks about yeah. this um, and then you mentioned other things as well right in terms of India having a massive drought yes. um, the and, you can go into that as well as um, mentioned, yeah, I think it was a book by Pandora's Poison, Joe Thornton talks about the chlorine gas used as chemical weapon and nitroglycerine, yeah. which was manufactured in large quantities uh, used for gunpowder. These things as well, you know, and this is what people understand, yeah, they're highly toxic. Yeah, yeah, you see, the thing is that, you know, quite often people forget that this was at, at the end of four years of a world war, you know. Yeah. People are not necessarily, well, a lot of the people around the world were not necessarily going to be in the the best of hells because it was a world war i mean okay it mainly took place uh you know in the sort of fields in in uh, in mm-hmm. france in belgium in in europe certain new northern europe um but people were uh well again the, the british had um had their sort of subjects from india and africa sort of drafted in to um help them out as it were with the manpower so they were bringing in people from other parts of the world so i mean it it was it was a highly traumatic event you know 
the world had never been at war before. And and I, th- I think sometimes people just don't take that into account. You know, a huge amount of devastation, um, loss of life, but also loss of uh, infrastructure and, and all the kinds of things, you know, bombing or whatever. Imagine the amount of stress you'd be under as well. It's like oh. people, people don't understand. It's your body under stress. You're chronically raising your cortisol. Your, your immune system is just like lowered any bacteria opportunistic pathogen or or it, just in general like anything you're under your body can't deal with it like it would do normally and so everything you're saying is but people said they want like anything or oh, ryan i've got um i've got this illness what if i take that it's like no it's not how it works like right. and people but people want the because they want this the same as the world we're in they want it quickly and they want the one answer it's like mm-hmm. unfortunately wisdom and any intelligence shows it's not not that simple no, no, it's not. But you were asking about India. Um, and that was one of the things that we discovered, which was a surprise to us, that um, that India was supposed to have been the, the country most affected, mm. uh, which sounds really surprising. Um, but th- there was somewhere between 10 and 20 million, apparently, uh, Indians that were supposed to have died during the Spanish flu. And we thought, well, how how did that work? Because um, it, the claim is that the, you know, the, the returning soldiers are supposed to have brought the infection back. But I mean, that that just falls apart once you start examining, you know, if, if they were really ill, um, then they'd have, you know, this was really bad. The they would have died on the ships on the way back. And if they were immune, um, they couldn't be carrying it. So you get the whole idea of sort of asymptomatic carriers. Mm. Um, so we thought, well, let's have a look at, um, you know, what was going on in India at the time. Why would so many Indians have, have been affected? Um, and we, we discovered the, um, that there was a particularly strong ENSO, which is the El Nino Southern Oscillation, uh, which is it's, it's a climatic uh, weather event and, and can actually cause devastation in um, the Southern Hemisphere and can either cause drought or, or floods or completely change the waterfall, which will affect uh, agriculture. And obviously, uh, within in the Indian subcontinent, you know, they, there's, they rely on, on agriculture. So anything that disrupted their ability to grow food would have um, really affected their health. So it, not that we can say there's a d- direct correlation between the numbers, but again, we don't know how the numbers of, of Indian people who were supposedly um said to have died from the spanish flu the 1918 flu whatever we don't know um how those numbers were calculated but we posited that you know this the enzo would have affected agriculture would have affected the food and quite likely a number of people you know large numbers well, there was of people a would have died there, well, yes there were numbers there was of a, famine. Fa- a famine and uh, you know which are unfortunately regular occurrences within india over the decades and you know, large numbers of people die. I mean, there, were, there was a similar thing in the Second World War, um, where something like ten to twenty million Indians died. Um, but uh, again, that was through food being taken from India uh, by Winston Churchill at his orders to give to the troops. Um, and the consequence of that is, uh, as I say, at least ten million people starved to death in India. You know, again, little facts that uh, don't get uh, bought out by the media for oh, obvious there's, reasons. There's so, there's so many of them, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> we could spend but, but days just, talking about those. But just oh, coming back, but yeah. just coming back to the First World War, but but enough as it was, yes, as, as Dawn was saying, you know, when you look at it, because of those cl- particular climatic changes, which all happened at that particular time, 
uh, caused a famine and millions died uh, through starvation. But, you know, these things can get uh, put down as uh, because the symptoms, once you, if you're malnourished, the symptoms uh, of malnourishment are what people would think of as getting the flu. You know, you yeah. should be congested, uh, headaches, fevers, you know, loss of energy, become very ill, um, all of which can be caused by anything, you know, toxic intake, um, lack, as I say, and lack of nutrition. And those same symptoms is what the body goes through when. Uh, and so the medical establishment then just put different names on it. But the cause of it is the same. They just put different names on it. Oh, um, as I say, also, the living conditions like they had in 1918 compared to like now. You know, yeah. I mean, my mum and dad talk about how they used to go down to the baths to have like the, the, the twice a week, whatever, three times a week to have a wash. Now we've got rain hot water in every house. You know, it's like mm-hmm. central heating. I, I played rugby in New Zealand in 2009 and we only they only had a fire in the one room of the house. Everything else was in the house. We had, you know, we used to do ching chang wallow or like whatever you call it, paper rock scissors <laughs> to go and make the cup of tea because it was so cold in the rest of the house. You know, so these are all things that we take for granted now that yeah. people don't yes. realise. Yeah. And so you're talking about the body's under much more stress constantly. I mean, some of those things can actually, put, I mean, having that exposure to cold, so it's like most of hormesis, uh, uh, it's like a little bit of the, the poison strengthens the body. Sometimes that stuff, we are a bit soft now, but also we live in a much more comfortable environment, you know. So it's these are things that people don't. But if you've got no water, you've got, you've got famine, you know, always other things that the, the, the invisible rainbow. I mean, the other thing was chlorine, right? Chlorine was uh, a big issue as well. Yeah, well, in the in the First World War, of course, uh, I mean, people were subject, or the troops were at least subject to sort of chlorine gas attacks. And chlorine gas is extremely detrimental to the human body. Um, now, and they were I using mean, it to kill germs, correct? Sorry, well, go ahead. I mean, we get we get it. I mean, as you know, in the UK, they put it in the water supply to uh, supposedly kill germs, you know, which has never been a good idea. I mean, Mad, madness. Yeah, we we go to a great deal of trouble to make sure we filter it all out at our houses, you know. Same here. Um, but, you know, chlorine itself has, has sort of been discovered and been around for at least 100 years. And uh, and in nature, um, it's always found in compounds, you know, where it's stable you know, such as uh, sodium chloride, which people know as salt, you know, and it's quite stable there. But once it's worked upon, if you say, by <laughs> mankind and the gas is released, then it becomes very unstable. And uh, that gas will try to uh, bond with any sort of organic material, which includes human beings, you know, we're organic material. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's very it, it, it forms new compounds, which are called organochlorines, which are, are extremely hazardous to human beings, you know. But, um, yeah, like the book uh, Pandora's Poison, I think it is, you know, where it, it shows once that cat is out of the bag, as it were, chlorine is out of the bag and into the world. Well, you can't put, You can't <laughs> put it back again. No, um, no. And it's into everything. And it's I mean, just you, usually you see yeah, you see this with a lot of swimmers don't understand. They get they they got a lot of people getting ill a lot, especially people that you know they're in it. The swimmers are in it a lot. If they're any sort of professional swimmers, and you get a lot of them very very ill. They wonder why, or they they chronic fatigue. You know, they get constant colds and stuff, even though they're really fit. And you're like, well, 
you understand, you can use enzymes for the water. There's lots of things you can do to keep water clean that doesn't involve putting poison in there. Um, I, I I stopped going in pools uh, for, for a while now. I got them on the sea, but I don't really stay away from them unless I to get pushed in, for example, because I'm just like they're just a toxic yeah. chemical soup full of like yes. as well as the chlorine in it as well. But this is like something that people don't understand, and it's used in pools all over um uh and 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 in other places as well and and, and it's not it, all these things they like as you said i think i think i've heard you say before uh, david you know the danger is in the chlorine not in the germs they kill or that they're purportedly to kill and and that's true for a lot of these things are like that right like it's they're the issue not the things that they're meant to but once again it's an industry you start selling these things and all of a sudden yeah it's all money right it is uh, all of these yeah, things i mean and, and fluoride of course Oh, yeah. you know, which is its sort of sister that uh, certainly in the UK, well, I think worldwide, uh, you know, You're fluoride right. gets uh, put into the water supposedly to make our teeth stronger. Uh, again, complete nonsense. You know, there is no science behind that at all. Mm. And it's and it's a big anyone who looks into it and you can can look into it and realize it was a big con goes back to about the 1920s, I think, in the States, because uh, uh, fluoride is a, a byproduct of the aluminium industry. Have you, do you know Dr. David um, Kennedy? Dr. David Kennedy. Sorry. Dr. David Kennedy, do you know him? No. no. He's, he's, he's a former, um, he was a former head of like toxicology in America, in America. I've had him on the show before. And we, we've talked about, you know, fluoride being the most protoplasmic um, poison known to man. You know, it, it eats through asphalt and concrete, like what it can do to us, you know. And uh, yeah, he, he comes in like uh, cans of scar, scar and crossbones on. He's saying like this is dangerous in any amount. And yet they're putting it in the water supply. And obviously you just see the countries where fluoridosis has happened to their bones and their teeth and, you know, it's it's uh yeah, fluoride is something it's that once neuro, again yeah. It's a neurotoxin. Fluoride yeah. is a neurotoxin. Mm. And it was known as that uh, originally as toxic waste because it was killing farmers' cattle, you mm. know. And they were prosecuting the aluminium industry for for it. Um and the aluminium industry had to pay lots of money to dispose of it as a toxic waste. And somehow, with some skullduggery that went on back then, they managed to governments to actually buy it off them <laughs> so instead of them paying money to dispose of it governments yeah. buy it off them and uh, put it in our drinking water and uh, to this day it's still happening even though there are plenty of people that have shown that there is no science to say one is that fluoride actually is of any benefit whatsoever well there's plenty of scientific evidence that shows it's extremely dangerous um, I think well, I, say, I think there's plenty of science that shows it's positive, but it's all bought and paid for of science by these corrupt companies. Like yeah. Once you look in, once, once you look into it. Sorry, Dawn, go ahead. No, all I was going to say was that WHO says um, that uh, you need just the right amount of, of fluoride uh, to be beneficial, but but too much can be harmful. Um, and yet because they put it in the water in uh, who how knows do you know what again? Yeah. how do you know what kind of dose you're getting? Um and and certainly, obviously, it could be different concentrations in different places, and it depends on what you're drinking, what you're eating, and uh, and again, if uh, people are using fluoride toothpaste, which I suggest they don't, um, that's just adding to it. So who knows what uh, level or what amount or what dose people are getting, and and where that meets, you know, what the WHO says. Well, you know, that right level is is uh, but, but, beneficial. But There's you can't, nonsense. You, you can't believe nonsense. anything. You can't believe anything the WHO no, no, tells you. No, 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 no. I wasn't <laughs> suggesting you. I wasn't suggesting you. <laughs> the, 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 the most corrupt organisation in the world. 
Yeah. Even they contradict themselves. Say, you know, it can be beneficial and harmful. That's all they do. That's all they ever do. Oh, absolutely. That's all they ever do. Absolutely. It is, it is yeah. whoever comes out, whoever pays them the most money, they change their mind to go with whatever he says. But, but you're quite right. I mean, the the whole organisation, whether it's the WHO, the FDA, the NHS, you know, CDC. The CDC, CDC are a vaccine company. They've got patents and all the vaccines. Yeah, they're, they're all... I have to say they are all corrupt, they're all interlinked and they do not have our best interests at heart. And this can be shown. And we we do talk about this in the book, in the in the parts which are called vested interests. Mm-hmm. And we show quite clearly that uh, these organisations, although they're supposed to be there to protect us, uh, do anything but, you know, the whole, well, supposedly scientific community, uh, because it's all the scientists are funded by usually the pharmaceutical companies to carry out the work. And of course, they then have a vested interest as to what those results are. So if any of these scientific groups doing the research for them are coming up with results that the pharmaceutical companies don't like, then it gets buried uh, or the group gets shut down and it's funded. Yeah. You don't have a job anymore. Don't yeah, exactly. do That's the thing. Is, is, yeah. There's countless cases of this, you know, that we, we talk about some of them in our book. Um, so it's a very corrupt system and um, all run by big money and it's all run contrary to our interests as the general public. Um, well, and it's no wonder people are, are getting ill all the time when we're under this much exposure to toxins, chemicals, injections, etc. I mean, you, you looked at other things I want you to, to carry on. It's um, looking at other things you talked about, like the Great Plague, the Black Death, meant to be like infected rats. Um, which we can, we can go into volcanic eruptions. Yeah. Um, the book. Um, we, what was the other thing you studied? The, the new light and the black death. You know, studied the trees yeah. that arrived in that period. The, the, you know, all these things. Like, it's going to them for people because I think it's important for people to understand how much, uh, how many of these things are just complete like fallacies that yeah. are perpetuated by the by these, by these uh, government, like, well, by the government and, and big pharma. Yeah. I mean, the, the the Black Death is quite a favourite one of ours, really, because, uh, I mean, to, we, we were constantly, while we were writing the book, challenging ourselves, you know, we were coming up with something that turned our whole world upside down, you know, because we believed, like everyone else, that uh, uh, the medical establishment was based on, on science, it knew what he was talking about, you know, germs made us ill, vaccines kept us well, all of that sort of thing. Pharmaceutical companies produced drugs that would help us, <laughs> all of these yeah, things. real medicines. All of these things we believed. And uh, as we did our research, we found that none of that was true at all. We all so, believed it at some point, David. So you're not alone. No, no. no. But, it but was once bit, you start looking, you find out that it's different. Just how deep the rabbit hole goes. Mm. And uh, so, as I say, we constantly challenged ourselves and uh, thought, well, let's pick some prime things. And one of them was the black death of course because at school we were taught oh, it was uh, this great uh, plague uh, spread across Europe uh, by infected rat fleas and um, again cut a long story short but we do explain it in the book we found that uh, nothing could be further from the truth it was nothing to do with infected rat fleas at all and uh, we looked at yeah we came across a book by uh, Professor Mike Bailey uh, as a lecturer in an uh, Irish university who was also a dendrochronologist. That was his speciality, which is studying tree rings. And because trees live to great ages, I mean, there are some trees that are 5,000 years old. So you can, by looking at their tree rings, you can see what the atmosphere was like 
at various periods in history. And this is what he did. So he looked at the tree rings of trees um, in that period when the Black Death was supposed to be raging through Europe. And he could, he, again, cut a long story short, he was able to see that the atmosphere had taken some really strange changes and become very toxic. There's very high levels of uh, ammonia, for instance, you know, so it had become a very toxic and poisonous atmosphere. And he also looked at uh, eyewitness accounts, you know, people living at the time were actually, you know, uh, well-respected writers and that were actually making journal notes of what was happening in the streets. And um, again, we'd got this strange thing of uh, people just dropping down dead in the streets. Uh, no incubation period of any illness. They just died, you know. And um, lots of reports of the atmosphere being thick and stinking and choking. And one of the things that we found particularly interesting is they talked about the rivers and lakes, how all the fish were floating to the surface dead. Well, straight away, that is a red flag. You think, well, that can't be possibly be anything to do with infected rat fleas, you know, how <laughs> do they get no, to fish? Exactly, yeah. So anyway. Um, so we we and he looked at what was actually happening to the Earth's atmosphere to make it so toxic and looked at the reports of uh, certain uh, an increase in volcanic eruptions and earthquakes. And as you know, once the Earth opens up, you know, all sorts of toxic noxious uh, fumes and chemicals get released into the atmosphere and into the water supplies. And also, strangely, uh, there was a comet. Uh, came into the Earth's atmosphere, passed through the Earth's atmosphere at that same time. Now, uh, sometimes they, obviously debris from them, can be uh, quite toxic. That may have had something to do with it too. But certainly the strange increase in earthquakes and volcanic eruptions would be a much more likely cause of a toxic atmosphere with people just basically inhaling toxic fumes and dying um or even particulates uh, you know so that that would yeah. block their um airways, uh, yeah. yeah block their airways and wouldn't be able to breathe and so they they would suffocate Choked, very yeah. very quickly yeah. and you know and, and yes all so, sorts of problems so much, again sudden sudden problems and that would explain it uh so much more probable reasons and in more recent years so particularly in london um uh, archaeologists where they've been doing excavations from buildings and things at the time we were expecting to find because this uh, as well as the uh, fleas uh, supposedly infecting people they also were supposed to be killing the rats so they would have expected to find the remains they said of rat die-offs you know clusters of rat die-offs but they're not there there are, so again this it's a complete fallacy of lots of rats which should have all been dying off because they were also infected of by course, this yeah. Um, none of it's there. So there is no corroborative evidence to support this idea of infected rat fleas. But there's lots of evidence from writers at the time and from the tree rings, as Professor Mike Bailey found. And ice cores. And ice cores, yes, because he correlated his tree rings with ice core findings. So they, they supported one another of this very toxic atmosphere, which is a much more likely cause for why people were uh, dying very quickly, you know, within hours sometimes. Yeah. Uh, rather than anything to do with infected rat fleas. So, and again, a big fallacy that we're all told about yeah. at school and uh, some people still believe because they don't look into these things. Mm. I mean, if it's like if you're around any sort of area that's 
if you've got a fire going, if it's, for example, you don't want to well, ash fire burning or houses burning down, you wouldn't be in it because you would die from the toxic exposure of just from breathing in the fumes, let alone anything else. So if that's going on and you've got all this, but once again, now that's in the mainstream. Um, now that's in the mainstream. Um, did you touch on TB at all? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. we looked at tuberculosis. Both um, sort of, you know, in um, in respect of kind of the Western world, but also because it's quite big in uh, a, a big problem in, um, well, again, in India. We weren't focusing on sort of India or Africa. We're just trying to find places other than just the European um, area and, and America, which is what a lot of people concentrate. We thought, well, let's let's take this wider. Let's look at what's what was happening around the world. Why people in other parts of the world would have been having these health problems that are called, you know, given their different labels. And again, um, it, it, it's clear that people have lots of different health problems, and even if they're kind of given certain labels, and it's called tuberculosis. But again, it's a it is a respiratory mainly a respiratory problem. Um, so yes, I mean, yes, we certainly looked into tuberculosis because found. it's also connected to HIV as well. So it was it was too big to miss that one. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's what, nothing to do with the bacterium. No, um, and what we found is that the correlation was that uh, people supposedly suffered with TB when they were their living conditions were particularly poor. So when their health conditions i.e. their nutritional levels and their sanitary levels were poor, then you'd supposedly have this high incidence of TB. If people had proper food, then you didn't have it. And um, so So this was a correlation that we looked at. So again, it was nothing to do with the germ. It was to do with uh, poor living conditions. And when I I say insanitary, that's not to say, oh, that means there's lots of germs. It means that there's uh, from waste products that are putrefying that when they break down you get they become toxic toxic chemicals basically um so you've got people in very poor areas where their uh, excrement is not cleared away properly so you've got fetal matter and uh, uh, meat and all sorts of things which are putrefying breaking down into toxic chemical components which are then getting in back into their water supplies. So their drinking water is not clean um, and they're not getting proper nutrition. They may be living on corn or uh, flour in a very poor diet. Uh, so the bodies cannot fight off or clear out these toxins. Uh, and then they become ill. And as Donna said, you know, it often uh, manifests as uh, respiratory problems. You know, that's one of the areas because one of the things the body does when it's trying to clear things out, if it can't clear out the toxins through its natural processes of uh, you know, urination through the kidneys and uh, an excrement or even through the skin, uh, right. it employs the respiratory. You know, so you get the it brings the mucous membranes into play to try and cough it out, sneeze it out, uh, spit it out. Uh, I know it all sounds revolting, but this is the body's desperate attempts to get rid of these toxins, which uh, it's been taken into its body, either through toxic food that has been eaten or toxic water that they've drunk. So uh, and then this gets diagnosed as TB. And, uh, you know, if the medical establishment then start to try and give them more chemicals, um, it just makes the whole situation worse. 
But so, the thing with TB, sorry, no, no, as I say, to, to, to support that theory, um, we discovered that there are certain reports where um, TB is actually uh, increasing in, if you like, the Western world or whatever, uh, but within city slums. So, again, it shows that the living conditions and poverty and all those kinds of um, problems whereby people aren't living a healthy life, it living, uh, you know, they're whole conditions that are unhealthy then that's the kind of um health problem that is likely to manifest or you know these are the problems because they're not just having the kind of the odd what's called cold or whatever these are sort of lighter symptoms of the body um restoring health um you know spelling toxins they're they're much deeper health problems and so they would require the extra um help from these other organs like the lungs to as david said you know um to really kind of expel expel the toxins so it's not too surprising to see the you know it's sort of inner city slums um to be uh, seeing an increasing tb well you said that inner city slums is quite key because i think the media or big pharma would just would just report it as a city they wouldn't give you the idea that it's actually a slum. So they'll say London, they won't say, oh, it's in the slums, or they'll say whatever, you know, LA, they won't tell you, it's all in Canada, Vancouver, not the bits where, and so that, that's really important for people to understand. And so mm. from you, I'm going to get into like what really makes you see the, the four things that you go into. But just for you, for example, the, sim- the reason people get the same symptoms, for example, like this is going around and saying a oh, lack of lost taste and loss of smell, whatever. <clears throat> TB symptoms the same and HIV symptoms the same, whatever. The reason they get the same symptoms would that be from your from your perspective because they're under the same stress, so the body clears those pathways. So the reason someone will get like a you know sometimes you get people get oh head colds going around or someone's get this chesty coughs going around. Is it because the people are under that same stress, so the body has to clear out that same pathway? Would that be, or would that be a reason? Uh, yeah, well, two things out of that. The the body um, methods for expelling toxins, which are not huge. So it, so whatever the toxins might be, and however they've entered the body, whether it's through the skin, through what you've eaten, what you've drunk, or whatever, it has the same basic methods for getting rid of it. Okay, so. That's why we say there's not lots of different diseases. There might be just different symptoms. Yeah. So the body's the body's got a, a limited range of ways to get things out of its body. Um, uh, but then the doctors will sort of diagnose that as all sorts of different things. Um, but always, and as you say, we'll get onto the, what the four factors are. Uh, the reason people get ill are boiled down to four different reasons. And one is the lack of proper nutrition. Diet is particularly important um a nutritious diet you need to have fresh food uh and i mean well dawn and both dawn and i are both vegans and uh, we certainly recommend uh we certainly recommend a plant-based diet and that's <clears throat> for the very simple reason that our research has shown that that's the most nutritious and because the body needs uh what we fruit and vegetables you know and nuts and seeds that sort of thing um, because if it doesn't get those uh, nutrients then he can't produce the antioxidants which flush out the toxins which come into contact with the body through his normal life cycle so diet is very important also uh, we found as well that uh, <clears throat> not only 
eating fresh fruit and vegetables is very beneficial. But uh, uh, we would also say organic as much as possible. And the reason for this is not a food fad of any sort. It's just that with sort of uh, factory farming, as we know it today, and the spreading of chemical fertilizers and pesticides and herbicides on the crops, although the crops, when they enter, get into your supermarket, may look very nice, but their nutritional value can be much lower because mm-hmm. they've been grown in soils where the actual nutrient value is fairly low because they're fed on chemicals, which they'll grow in. But when you come to eat them, you're not getting it's not the plant is not able to pass on the correct levels of nutrition. Whereas if the plants are grown in organic food, where the soil is what we would call alive and it's got all the natural minerals and things in it, the plants can take up those minerals and nutrients and then pass them on to you when you eat them. So I'm only giving a thumbnail sketch there, but that's why it's important to have not only fresh fruit and vegetables, but to have organic as much as possible yep. and, and not to overcook your food, because the more you cook your food, you're losing the nutritional value of it. So that's that there's some research that shows some foods that you cook you can actually release more but that's but i do understand what you're saying most people fresh fruits vegetables it's me i i always say to people i have certain meats that i eat eggs i don't overeat it over consume it but i went vegan for for a long while and the first three months were fantastic the last three weren't so good adding a little bit of egg a little bit of chicken some meat every now and again phenomenal for me that was just my experience i've had it with other people as well but i, I 100% agree with you the yeah. organic pesticides herbicides larvicides insecticides uh, uh, chemical fertilizers all on your food soil has been depleted i 100% agree with you on that i think most people in, in our world whether people are vegan or if they have their, their omnivores or whatever they are we all agree on that it's you want your food to be as as as, as clean as you can, coming from good soils. Uh, and yeah. you want to eat right. I always say to people, colourful plate. You know, have a colourful plate. Yes. It's one of the easiest things yeah. you can do. You know, different yeah. colours. Um, you can go from there. So I, I'm I'm with I'm with I'm with you on that. I don't I mean you've you've probably the funny thing is it's we're in a slightly different world because I study Chinese medicine and Alveda as well, and we're on a slightly different world to 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 that now. They even Alveda and stuff. They they had some more cooked foods uh, and now we probably need i'd say probably more raw foods because of because we, we've got such a more toxic world where people are chronically dehydrated as well we need those vitamins and minerals so i i do agree with that juicing i have certain green drinks we use but there are some foods you probably you've probably seen this research yourself that the nutrients can uh, and also people are exposed to oxalates as well things that come come out of cooking but i'm with you for the most part there david the other things you mentioned were so nutrition's one exposure to toxins emf and, and excessive prolonged stress yes Th- those are the four factors now <clears throat> uh if we, we can just go through them briefly so emfs we've talked a little about this is electromagnetic uh, frequencies or electromagnetic radiation some people know it now briefly uh, as probably people realize all electrical equipment puts out electromagnetic fields, all of it, no matter what it is. OK, now some is more damaging than others. But why they're damaging is that the body is uh, a sophisticated, has an, a sophisticated electrical system as well as the chemical system. It's not just a chemical system as uh, pharmaceutical companies tend to look at, you know, because that's all they give out is chemicals, basically, if, if they think there's something wrong. But the body's got a very sophisticated electrical system uh you know the brain the heart mm-hmm. all of these things work on very tiny voltages yep. um, which can easily be disrupted 
you know people can see how this works you know if they put a an unsuppressed electric drill running next to their radio and it goes all crackly and whistling and things like that well that's electromagnetic radiation and that's affecting your radio well it does the same to your body and you know this is the fear with the rise and power of electromagnetic radiation from not only cell phone masks or mobile phones as we know them in the uk um but from all sorts of things you know your, your wi-fi hub in your house yeah um, and of course with the power rating of these things i mean as an electrical engineer I, i've sort of got the meters to be able to test these things mm-hmm. and i know when i sort of tested around my house one of the first things i outed was the um cordless telephones you know, because I could see that the base station of cordless telephones puts out an amazing amount of radiation and uh, very detrimental. So they went out the window for a start. And uh, uh, and these are the things that people need to look out for. You know, they can buy these little meters, one off purchase, and you can do a sweep of your house and see where in your own home most of this radiation is coming from. You know, then there's, there may be things you can do. For instance, we all always say to people don't have electrical equipment in your bedroom when you're sleeping certainly not your mobile phone if you can switch your wi-fi system off when you go to bed great you know just don't have electrical appliances on not only can it disrupt your sleep but you're being irradiated with it and it affects uh all sorts of bodily functions which come into play during sleep various healing processes uh which come into play so again i'm only giving a brief thumbnail sketch but the electrical pollution that we're now suffering is increasing drastically. I mean, we've got people like Elon Musk, who people may know, uh, uh, who's putting up hundreds and hundreds of extra satellites, which are broadcasting 5G. 40,000. Yeah. And these are up only 200 miles above our head. His plan is that he will cover every inch of the world with his 5G radiation. Can't be a good thing, you know. Mm. And I dread to think what's what the outcome of all that's going to be have you read um dr mccullough's book uh emf not his no we no. haven't no. yeah it was Nick, uh, uh, nicholas pino has got a good one uh brian brian hoyer i don't know if you know he's very good shielded healing but dr mccullough um was actually on ben greenfield show i think you know ben greenfield he was actually interviewing um dr mccullough said to ben like how 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 much since 1918 um do you think our exposure to emfs increased and ben was like, i don't know 400 percent is that no higher he said what 600 he's like no 10 to the 18 like 18 million times more yeah. and that's a big one and uh, yeah. he's he's booked dr mccullough's book emfs really good good for that i'm sure i mean your research has been great as well but dr he's like sort of put it all together and he shows about how it's a long-term exposure as well so those things you've mentioned there really key you know um why, yeah, why one the, no, I was gonna say one of our resources was the bio initiative report mm-hmm. yeah which you can still get you can still get hold of i mean there was dozens and dozens of scientists hundreds yeah have uh, written that these are all specialists in their field uh, to show scientifically how dangerous emfs are to the human body uh, so it's a good Sorry, one. hundreds of reports not doctors I yeah beg hundreds it, yeah. of reports so well worth uh, looking up i think you still get it on one of the few things you can still get on the internet i think um the bio, yeah bio the bio initiative well i think it's the, the website bioinitiative.org i believe uh again you know lots of studies so we we tended to um use that because you know just fantastic resource lots of yeah, yeah. um scientists and also the i believe um dr D- 
Dr. Deborah Davis, the Environmental Health Trust. Uh, so, you know, uh, we... She's good. She's, she's good. Yeah. Yes, we, we show, tried... Dr. Davis. Right. Well, I mean, we try to get as wide a range as, uh, of uh, sort of uh, res- use a, a wide range of resources as we could, not just sort of one source for something. And, yeah. and you know, just we to- never well in our research, we never one sourced anything. We always checked it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but <clears throat> that's why it took 10 years to write. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it does. It's, it's one of those things. It's why it's 800 pages long, you know, and then uh, and it, it's it's. It, you need to like uncover these things. You have to ask the questions. And luckily, with these a lot of these authors now, like yourself, you know, they might have written the book, but they're doing what you've done. They've gone and looked at different different um, people's research. So they're not just going, oh, we're going to this one person. So it, it's good that, that you, you've done that and you looked at different illnesses, diseases, different research. It's fantastic. Um, well, so go for as it. You, as, you, as you've probably seen, this we've put all our sources there's 40 pages of citations mm-hmm. in the back of a book that shows all the sources that we've used uh, for the information so people can check it out for themselves you know they can see that it's not just our opinion it's based on solid science and facts so uh, they can see that for themselves but just to carry on now to get because i can see the time's moving on yeah go for uh, it. To, to go through the other couple of uh, points yeah we've so we've talked about nutrition we've talked about uh, emfs uh, toxic intake, obviously, we go into a lot of detail of to where the various toxins come from that uh, people uh, are subjected to, whether it's in your food, whether it's in the air, whether it's in what you drink, um, processed food, household products, vaccinations, all of the different sources of toxins that uh, your body can be exposed to. So we, we detail, we go into lots of details. And then finally, uh, prolonged uh, stress, you know. Now, when a body, and of course, this is happening a lot at the moment with the stress that's been put on people with this uh, coronavirus carry on, um, people are under stress, as you said earlier. They're fearful either that they're going to be infected with some mysterious virus or their neighbours going to infect them in some way. So they're wearing masks and social distancing. None of which, I mean, if there was, if there was an actual virus floating around, none of those uh, things would stop it at all. And we explain this to people, you know, being two metres apart isn't if there was a pathogenic virus floating around. Do you think it stops at, you know, 1.9 metres or no, of course it doesn't. Um, the masks, you know, the micron mesh and masks, you know, is in micrometers, uh, micrometers. Virus, these so-called virus particles are in nanometers, which are a thousand times smaller. So even if there was a pathogenic virus floating around, it would go straight through the mask anyway. So they're completely useless. Uh, and they're obviously designed to keep the public in fear and to keep them subjugated, you know, because it's almost like wearing a badge, isn't it? When you're walking around with a mask on, you know, the powers that be can see how many people believe their lies and, uh, oh, complying. They, and, and are complying, uh, which is a great shame rather than like Dawn and I, we absolutely refuse to wear masks anywhere. We never do. And, uh, you know, it's it's our way of flying the flag, if you like to say you know, don't do this, folks. You don't need to do this. It would be completely useless if there was a virus floating around. Uh, so it's it's being done for a different reason. Anyway, I digress slightly. So the it, it's the fear factor. It's keeping people in fear. It's keeping people under control. And uh, this constant stress is very detrimental, not only because the body produces um, 
Uh, what's the word? Free radicals. Free radicals. <laughs> That's all right. Completely went out no, my head. No. The body produces free radicals when it's under constant stress. Now, these free radicals, uh, it's a natural process, but when you've got excesses of them and constant, then they're very detrimental to the body. Right down at tissue level, cause organ damage. <clears throat> you know it can develop into cancers now the body can providing it's getting the right levels of nutrition it can flush those free radicals out so that's why diet that's why i said diet is very important so you're not getting the right levels of nutrition you get buildups of the free radicals and then you start to get tissue damage so it leads on to much more serious uh, health problems so those are the four factors that we found are the basis of all illnesses um, and but they're all controllable uh, to some extent, I mean, it's getting very difficult to control EMFs, uh, but you can do certain things, which some of which I alluded to earlier. Um, but the majority of it, you can bring under your own control mm. and live healthy lives uh, without recourse to lots of pharmaceutical drugs, which which just make you ill. Well, you, yeah, you don't need drugs. We'll, we'll, we'll have a little quick recap. The other one there that I, I've heard you speak about before as well, guys, is... You know, when, even when the Earth's under, so like everyone on the Earth is under that stress. That that Dr. Robert Sheldrake talks about as well. But like the the whole Earth's consciousness being stressed and scared. You know, that puts it into the into the air, as well as you know, you've got the placebo effect, which is 38 to 64 percent effective. Where you know, people being cut open, being told they've had an operation, they haven't, walking away Ill, illness or injury free. As soon as you've got the nocebo effect, you think you're going to get ill, you will, right? You yes. know, said before, so you mentioned there. So prolonged excessive stress. Um, raises cortisol, wipes out the immune system, uh, antioxidant, uh, antioxidants as well, um, no SIBO effect. Uh, you've got all these consciousness levels, then the exposure to EMFs, which you said, things that we can do, you know, Wi-Fi off at night, uh, getting rid of the cordless phones, uh, making sure nothing electrics in your bedroom, uh, speaking on your speakerphone if you've got it, or airplane mode. Um, there are actually things that you can do. We've actually got a company, I don't know if you know, he's, he's a guy called Jonathan Fruin, um, works with an um, with equipment called Memon, which actually mitigates any EMF. It's put one in the wall and it builds a force field around your wall. I don't know if you've seen it. It comes out of Austria. Really good guy. I'll put you in touch with them. You can have a look into it. It's really, really good. Um, then you talked about obviously nutrition, you know, organic where you can get it um raw food much raw food you can you can eat i always talk about people avoiding you know rancid vegetable oils is one of the one of the things you can definitely avoid um alcohol as much as possible you know i mean food for the soul but try and avoid you know things that are going to inflame you inflammatory foods and having uh plant-based diet um uh, just real big big food uh plate full of colorful foods and then your exposure to toxins you know stay away from as much as possible things you're putting on your skin go straight into your bloodstream clean your teeth with washing your clothes in all these things you know we can go on and on and on but those are the things toxins nutrition exposure to emfs and prolonged uh, stress and you know people people can mitigate those things and, and and actually take that into account it's amazing how the body responds right guys you've probably seen it over and over again people you, you concentrate on those things and you know, it's funny how you don't get ill and how you can live a life free from, you know, all these illnesses that they've got names for. Yeah. They're just your weakness. Whatever weakness your chain is, it, it, it's exposed to mine because mine was my skin and my gut. Other people may get Alzheimer's, someone else may get cancer, for example. But if you live within those means, epigenetics, right, you, you'll never mm. express those genes if you live and you, and you, in that way and, and um, live a healthy life. Anything else you want to add, guys? Well, just for people to realize that when they get symptoms 
They've not got a disease. They've got symptoms. And it's the body trying to get rid of stuff. Toxicity. That's your body working, right? It's telling you the same stuff. It's doing its job. So don't suppress it, you know, uh, because, I mean, the skin is one of the biggest organs that the body's got. So quite often it'll push toxins out through the skin. So people may get rashes, blisters, sores, you know, don't try and stop it. Let it come out because the body's just trying to get rid of it. You know, if, if necessary, go to bed and rest for a couple of days um just have some water clean water i would add don't drink this toxic mix that comes out your taps um things you can do about that you can buy reverse osmosis systems you can buy little uh distiller units to put on your work surface um so there's all sorts of different ways you can clean the water from your tap so you're drinking pure water so keep your body clean let your body look after itself it's brilliant at doing it it's done it for millions of years and you don't need recourse to uh, lots of chemicals and uh, drugs. And don't be scared of germs. Yeah, because they're not, they're not your enemy. In fact, bacteria are very important. Without bacteria, we'd all be dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, 100%. Actually, what is, you sort of found the floor. That was actually Memon, the company we talked to you about. But um, no, 100%, your microbiome, we're like 100 trillion cells, 90% of which are bacteria. Without them, you know, we wouldn't be here. How we... It's, it's how we it's how we adapt and get stronger, right? We have uh, the more diverse your microbiome, the better it is. And this is why you know extended use of antibiotics and other drugs like this just wreck a microbiome, um, yes. toxic, and cause a toxic body. And then people wonder why they're getting ill. And it's like, well, when you actually look at the things that the, your, your quality of life depends on. Uh, but the le- the least toxic you are, the better your quality of life, and and it's the same as anything. And so, hundred percent, what we spent spent uh, spoke about there, you know, with the water supply and everything else you're doing, guys. Uh, I know I've kept you for a while, so uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much for writing the book. I'm sure I'll probably be emailing you to get you back on the show because we'll have lots <laughs> of questions going on. And what else we because we've got more we can talk about. But thank yes. you very much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Well, thank okay. you. Thank you very much. I would. Could I just add if. If people want to find out some more, if they go to our website uh, at uh, whatreallymakesyouill.com, we put videos up, like we'll put this up on our site. We put up articles. So there's a lot of free information there that people can get. And uh, as long as they're not too bored with listening to us, there's all sorts of stuff there and they can learn some more Uh, because obviously we've only scratched the surface today, even though we've been talking for an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah, no worries, guys. Yeah, I I always do that before. I should have told you, I always do it before. I've had like an intro and outro. I was going to put all your information on there anyway. So I'll put all that there, guys, and where you can find them, uh, et cetera. So you can, uh, if you want to find the book, um, we we can can go into that there. Guys, absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, Ryan. Bye for now. So, guys, that was uh, Dawn Lester and David Parker from What really makes us ill uh, dot com yeah what really makes us ill dot com um and you know it's a really interesting conversation it's something that i've been when you, when you look into it it just makes perfect sense when you try and, and get underneath the lie that's been going on and why they can lie and it allows them to sell so many pharmaceuticals and vaccines and everything else that's going on in the world it's it just makes total sense and all the information dawn and david have have put together the research, the book's 800 pages, please go and read it yourself and you'll start to understand the depth of this lion and because they can ask questions that the doctors can't. 
because they can do research at doctors com they can look into stuff it's it's fascinating and obviously big pharma got so much money they can try and just squash these stories and call people conspiracy theorists um when in fact the research is all there and none of these viruses have ever been isolated so that should tell you exactly all you need to know and i really want to get david and dawn back on the show maybe even do a podcast in person but to talk about antibodies and go deeper into a few of the other other um a bit into the other research that they actually conducted around illnesses and disease because there's lots more to talk about and it was fascinating talking to them so i really hope you enjoyed that and that gives you some even more food for thought about what's going on and get you to understand the truth behind illness and disease and what actually causes it um so that's it for today's show uh, as always guys and girls if you are looking to overcome a health issue and you haven't been getting anywhere with conventional doctors quote-unquote specialists or consultants then please do send me an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co that's ryan at reviveyourself.co and i'll get back to you as soon as possible you can also find uh, some more information with my book www.thechronicfatiguesolution.com what if you're dealing with chronic fatigue or any other illness that give you a deeper understanding of what you can do to overcome your health issues but um if you are looking for a one-to-one detailed plan then do give me an email we can talk and we can discuss how we can help you but you know whatever you're going through i want you to know that you can come through it and can get to the other side you just have to look at things from a different perspective and just like the interview with of dawn and david's shows you know when you actually start to look at what causes illness and disease and how you know how to create health it's a real game changer so that's it for this week guys and girls i hope you enjoyed the show and as always stay happy stay healthy i'll speak to you soon bye-bye if you're struggling with gut issues such as gas bloating constipation diarrhea indigestion heartburn and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of the healing health paradigm today 